The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're catching up with Far East Gold. The code is FEG, last traded at 42 cents for a market cap of about $90 million. Now, Far East Gold, only listed on March 22, raised $11.73 million at 20 cents a share. And uh, happy to report for the uh, subscribers to the flight that it's... Uh, what, more than double? We don't see that too often with IPOs. Now, Far East Gold's focus is Indonesia, uh, and, and it also has some balancing projects in Queensland, all uh, with a gold-copper focus. Now, to bring us up to speed of, uh, on this company, which has been active in Indonesia for many years and has a, a big uh, presence in the country, we have Paul Walker, the co-founder and chairman of the company. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Barry. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Paul, be, um, given the company is new to the ASX, it might be best, I guess, to start off with, perhaps tell us a bit about yourself, the, you know, the genesis of the uh, the company and some of the, the key guys you have on the board with you. Brilliant. Thanks, Barry. So um, my background, I've been involved in resource and infrastructure projects all over the world for the last 30 years. I've managed some some big projects, probably the biggest annual budget I've had is about half a billion dollars with about 1,500 staff. Um, I've been playing in the Indonesian space since about 2009. When myself and one of the other co-founders of Fire East Gold, we, we, we started a, a mining company up there and we, we took a coal mine into operation and acquired some exploration assets, some gold, um, some copper, uh, manganese and, uh, and, and coal. And uh, we ended up selling out of that. Um, I came back to Australia. My partner stayed up in Indonesia and kept looking for um, opportunities. And, and we ended up co-founding Fire East Gold. So Shane Manair. My CEO, he was one of the co-founders, um, and we brought in as a co-founder Justin Werner, who's the managing director of Nickel Mines and previously the managing director of Auger Resources, um, um, which has morphed into Alpha HPA. Um, um, the stock code's A4N. So uh, we we co-founded along with another Indonesian fellow the company, and and we've decided to focus on. Uh, copper and gold because we saw there was a huge opportunity for taking advantage of a lot of underexplored projects in Indonesia mm-hmm. um, and we were able to do a deal with uh, A4N to acquire their Wanagiri project to start the whole thing off. So Justin, um, formerly the managing director of, of Orga, which became A4N, he, he'd been involved in the Wanagiri project for about 10 years. Um, they were sitting with a with a great little project with a jork resource of about a million ounces of gold and 190 million pounds of copper and it was doing nothing. Um, their partner, who owned fifty five percent of the the project Rajawali Corporation, they were focusing on another one of their their gold mines, which was producing about two hundred thousand ounces of gold a year. And and so this this great little project was sitting there, um, um, about to, to to lapse with its permit. So we came along and said, "Can we take it off your hands in exchange for some for some script on IPO?" And they said yes. And, and that was the genesis of it. And on the back of that, we went and acquired. Uh, the rights to two more projects, the Trangalic project in Indonesia, which is um, yeah, what we like about that. It, 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 dis- it dis- displays similar characteristics to 
a gold mine just up the road from it called Tuju Bukit. And Tuju Bukit's um, run by Medeca and it has a resource of 30 million ounces of gold and 19 billion pounds of copper. And so there's very similar geophysical signatures with respect to the, uh, the, 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 the volcanic cap and epithermal and porphyry systems that we're seeing in Trangalic to the Tuju Bukit project. And then we acquired the rights to Woyla, um, which in our opinion is probably the best undrilled uh, project in Southeast Asia. Um, it had previously been explored by Barrick and Newcrest. Um, they weren't able to progress into drilling because of forestry designation issues. We we acquired the rights to the project and then downgraded about 7,600 hectares of forestry area to enable drilling to progress for the first time in the life of the project. So uh, um, that's how it started. And, and, and then COVID kicked in mm-hmm. and, and we were concerned about... Um, you know, the ability to, to manage these projects in Indonesia. And so an opportunity came to acquire some projects in Queensland and we thought um, they were great little projects in their own right. They weren't as advanced as the three Indonesian projects. The three Indonesian projects have probably had about $40 million spent on them previously before we came along, uh, whereas the Australian projects only had about $2.5 spent on them. So completely different levels of advancement, but they were still good projects with drilling done and and, and they, they, they represented... Um, you know, epithermal gold silver in, in, in two of the projects and and copper gold porphyry in one of the other projects and we thought that gave us a, a really interesting strategic um, uh, balance to our portfolio that, that provided both the jurisdictional and operational hedge for any risks associated with doing work in Indonesia. Mm, okay. uh, you touched on it there. Just before jumping into the projects themselves, uh, what is your take or your read on Indonesia as a place uh, for uh, foreign companies to invest in the mining space? It does ebb and flow there, it seems, over the years. But an example from you guys just recently is this uh, agreement you have with the Geological Agency of the Indonesian government to do a co-fund or co-invest in an IP survey at the Woilei project. So things are changing there, are they? It, it probably, probably a, good, a couple of good examples um, about the way the Indonesian government's um, uh, trying to approach and encourage exploration is in 2020, they, they passed a series of omnibus laws which simplified the, the uh, approval process for mining. Mm-hmm. Um, it took it out of the hands of, of regional, provincial and central government for approval and centralised a lot of the approvals just back to the central government, which is probably one of the reasons why we were able to progress the forestry issue for the first time in 20 years on mm-hmm. Euler. Mm. Um, another example of the way in which the the mining department is encouraging uh, foreign direct investment like ours. Um, yeah, we we had a virtual bell ringing ceremony for the uh, for the listing of of, of Far East Gold on the twenty second of March, and the director general of the mines department from Indonesia uh, was present and actually gave a speech at our our, our bell ringing ceremony, welcoming us to the, to to Indonesia to participate in the 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 mining sector up there. So. We're seeing um, a lot of active support from the uh, from the um, the relevant uh, mining departments and and uh, central and, and provincial governments. Like for example, yeah, as recently as as, as January, we we received a um, yeah, a signed letter of of formal endorsement for extent, taking the Woyla project to the next level of advanced exploration by the governor of Aceh. So mm. it's um, yeah, we're getting we're, yeah, we're getting a lot of support in Indonesia. I think the, the standard uh, inquiry Australian investors have about Indonesian project is you have to have an Indonesian partner. It seems that your uh, ownership is uh, 100% or near, near enough to 100% at the asset level. 
whereas your Indonesian partnership has come through in vendor considerations for picking up the projects. So you've got that it's a yes. slightly different mix. But um, so, so was, we, we did that strategically, Barry, because obviously some of the challenges that Australian junior explorers have had in the past in doing business in Indonesia is they've, they've diluted their ownership at a project level. Mm-hmm. And and then they 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 can struggle with with progressing the projects based upon the you know, any relationship issues they have with their partner. We we understand it's important to have Indonesian partners, and we've brought them up at the group level. So so they can see the benefit of of the the portfolio of projects that we have progressing, and and we have control at their project level how we progress them. So it's uh yeah we we, we made a strategic decision to do that, and so we've brought on um yeah uh, uh, several of our our Biggest shareholders are, are, are very well connected, very you know, um, high net worth individuals from Indonesia who um, who help with those sorts of relationship issues that we know we need to deal with. Mm, okay, all right. Let's jump into the projects. Um, I'm chatting around town. People uh, seem to be excited about Woyla, um, a Woyla, Woyla. There we go. A uh, low sulfidation epithermal quartz vein system, very extensive. Um, Sampling of its returned bonanza grades, as well as uh, sulfide mineralisation containing copper and zinc and lead. Um, what what are you up to there? What's what's the forward plan? So we um, we mobilised. Well, um, IP survey crews were mobilised a couple of weeks ago um, into one of the prospects. So there's um, there are there are four distinct epithermal prospects that we are focusing on. Um, there are also three really interesting. Um, porphyry magnetic anomalies, um, which they are, we're looking at those now, but they're not our immediate focus. They're they're a next evolution of of the project. So our focus is primarily on the low sulfidation epithermal high grade uh, opportunities that we're seeing in the Waller project. We're doing IP survey work for the first time in the history of the project um, uh, on the Anakparak prospect. Uh, we'll have that finished towards the end of this month. Um, and then the next plan is to 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 look to mobilise uh, um, drills up to site. Mm, okay. Now this was the one that's said to be uh, analogous to uh, Newquist's former Goswang mine in over there in the Halmahera. Uh, so Bonanza type uh, gold grades there. I think it had a six million ounce resource and used to produce its gold at around twenty grams a ton. So is that a well? From your point of view, is that a valid comparison? Is that a long style? Um, we, we think it's it's displaying similar characteristics to to Gosselwong. Um in terms of the the um, the coliform banding of the the quartz veins that we're seeing. Um, the, the 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 channel sampling, trend sampling, and, and and assay results are coming back with similar sorts of characteristics that that you would expect to see um, for for a Gingru type deposit such as Gosselwong. So we're really excited by it. Um, I mean, some of the grades that we're getting out of the sampling and the assay results, yeah, they're, they're, they're astonishing. You know, we, we, we saw the grades that uh, Newcrest and Barrick had returned in their sampling. And then in September, we went and did further sampling ourselves after we re- resolved the forestry issue. And, and we, we, we had some grades come back at 53 grams per tonne um, at the highest. And we obviously you could imagine we're pretty excited. And then we went and did more sampling in both yeah, December and March, and the grades keep coming back um, at outstanding levels. Yeah, they're maxing out at 119 grams per ton for gold and nearly 1,200 grams per ton for silver. Mm. So it's um, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff for us. Yeah. So uh, just to be short, um, and investors always get a bit impatient with these things. When when is the drilling program likely to start? Then? 
there's there's a couple of options we have for drilling, uh, Barry. We, we we can drill now um, to the north part of the Anakparak Prospect, so we don't need any further permits for that. But it's the area that we have the least amount of um, early stage exploration on, and that's one of the things the IP work mm-hmm. will show us. Um, where we can drill in other parts of the project, we, we need another um, we need a borrow use permit to be granted by the Indonesian government. Um, we're in the process of getting that. Um, we'll make a decision whether on the back of this IP work whether, whether we um, drill where we can drill immediately or we wait and go where we, we are really confident that the grades are, are looking good. So so in terms of time frame, um, yeah, I, I would hope within the next few months we are certainly up there drilling and talking talking about uh, uh, you know, the assay results from, from the, uh, the, the, the drill holes that we, we sink. Right, okay. Uh, let's uh, move to uh, Trangalek. Uh, copper gold porphyry and epithermal project. I see the Indonesian uh, Mines Department's got it down as a top three priority greenfield gold project. Yes, Uh, it does. What's the story there and why would they be saying that? Um, There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, Obviously, the previous work that's been done on that site, they have access to. um, So so, um, there's about 18,000 metres of drilling done on that. Um, It actually has um, an Indonesian-level feasibility study prepared on it. Um, it's currently permitted to, to, to go into pro- development and production of a mine. Um, we don't intend to do that at this stage. We intend to focus on doing exploration in, in some of the porphyry areas that weren't explored previously. Um, again, the reason why they weren't explored by Anglo, even though they wanted to, was there was a forestry issue, which has now been resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, so it's, it's actually quite advanced. You know, it's, it's, it's permitted for a mine. Um, it's uh, um, also in an area um, where the Indonesian government wants to encourage economic activity. And they see this as actually a really good um, booster for economic activity in this, this particular Trangalic region. So, so they see this as important both because of its potentiality in terms of scale size. They see the similarities also um, to, to other um, projects on the Sunda Magmatic Arc, such as Tuju Bukit. But mm. they, um, but but there's also an opportunity for the community in terms of economic development by having the mine proceed there. So, so we're getting support from from that perspective. Right now, uh, you mentioned the Indonesian level uh, scoping study in, into possible mine development. We obviously can't talk about that nowadays. But was that based on the uh, epithermal uh, mineralisation? Yeah, that was just based on the epithermal. That was where the the majority of the drilling was done. Right. Okay. So let's have a look now at. Uh, Wanagiri project, where you've mentioned a million ounce gold resource there, fifty-three percent measured and indicated, and one hundred ninety million pounds of copper. Now, some people would be going, "Hang on, you've got the resource. Why aren't you pushing ahead with the development there?" So, it, it's currently uh, an exploration permit. So, we need to upgrade that to an operation and production permit, and the process requires us to. Um, um, get a series of technical approvals, uh, air, water, waste uh, emission approvals, and then get an overarching environmental and social approval. And we're in that process right now. Once we've got that, and our, our focus on 20, in 2022 is getting that approval, upgrading the the uh, the project to a uh, um, uh, an operation and production permit. Um, in the background, obviously, you know we're doing geotechnical studies to to, to figure out how our our, our wastewater uh, and tailings solution will look like. We're doing um, our MET studies to make sure our, our flow sheets are, are, are optimised. Um, we, we, there was a scoping study done back in 2016 by Orga. Um, now, we've just engaged a consultant to uh, review and 
uh, update that scoping study. That scoping study, when it was done, gold was $1,300 an ounce and copper was $5,500 a ton. So we're pretty confident that the results of this scoping study will, once we've reviewed them and looked at the inputs and adopted them ourselves, when, when we release that, it'll be pretty exciting what that little mine can produce for us. Yeah. And again, I assume that's uh, based on uh, the uh, auger resources work that was based on the epithermal mineralization. No, no, this yeah. is a sub outcropping porphyry deposit. Oh, right. so, okay. Yeah, so this is actually a really um, exciting little um, um, porphyry uh, uh, deposit. So the uh, um, yeah, the drilling that that uh, was previously done went down to about four hundred and eighty meters, and 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 the deepest holes, you know, the last thirty seven meters uh, hit copper and gold, and it remains open at depth. So we we think there's an opportunity once we do some infill and extension drilling to 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 reform, you know, to, to relook at the resource estimate. Mm-hmm. But even with the current resource estimate and and the economics associated with it that we've seen previously, which we're now about to validate, it's it's got all the makings of a nice little mine. Yeah. Okay. With uh, porphyries uh, tend to go down to the bowels of the earth, so I presume that you've got porphyry potential uh, remains at depth. That's exactly right. Yep. Mm, okay. All right. We better have a, a, a look at the Australian operations. You've got two in the Drummond Basin region, Hill two one two one two and uh, Bluegrass. What can you tell us about those? So they they adjoin each other, um, and and they're nearby hill two and two is nearby and and bluegrass creek directly joins uh, gbm resources mount coolan project okay. um and so we, we, we're excited by those um uh, for, on the basis of what we've seen and the work we've done like um previous drilling was done by medusa on that site and, and a lot of earlier work was done by you know, bhp dominion battle mountain across those and we've done we've done additional geophysics and asta survey work and we can see the uh, epithermal vein system extending from uh, uh, Hill 212 up into Bluegrass Creek is, is the way we're interpreting the data that we've uh, prepared. So we, we see them as basically the one project. Now, we've got an earn agreement where we've um, acquired 90% of the interest in those tenements up front, and we have obviously a commitment to do exploration over the next few years. Um, we are in the process of, um, uh, as we speak, engaging some civils contractors to go up and clear the tracks and drill pads for Hill 212. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, we're currently planning um, the, the drill program, um, you know, July, August to kick off in Hill 212, subject to the availability of the uh, drilling contractors, which we're negotiating with them at the moment, their timelines. Um, so Hill 212, we, we, we think it's, it's exciting for us because, yeah, it, it's displaying... Um, some good high grade results so far. Um, certainly not the Wurlow high grade, but you know six six grams per ton um, assay results uh, for gold. Um, but it's also displaying very similar characteristics to some of the results that we're seeing from GBM Resources Yandan project, and mm-hmm. they're 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 delivering some some stellar epithermal results. You know, two hundred meters at you know, two grams a ton gold, um, quite remarkable. And 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 that's. The depth of that epithermal vein system, which is only about 30 kilometres to the to the west of uh, Hill 212, is very similar to the characteristics we're seeing in Hill 212's vein system with the work we've done. Okay. All right. So uh, interesting uh, epithermal uh, projects you've got there. Now, uh, in the Conazark region, you've got a copper gold porphyry project, Mount Clark West. Mount Clark West, yes. Yeah. We actually have crews on site today up there um, doing, doing additional groundwork prior to the... Um, um, we're, we're having a deep um, ground penetration MIMDAS survey, so like right. an IP survey um, um, called a MIMDAS happening 
uh, later this month in Mount Clark West. So it's had only about eight line kilometres of geophysics done and, and only four drill holes uh, put into it. And the the interpretation of those results suggests that we've clipped, or the previous exploration has clipped the edge of a, uh, of a copper, gold, molybdenum porphyry system. So our plan is to go out there and do some more detailed geophysics work. Again, interpret that to see if um, 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 it, the results we've seen so far suggest that, that, that there is a, a deep porphyry system and then the plan is later this year to drop a number of scout holes at depth in, in, into what we hope will be the centre of the porphyry system. Yeah, okay. All Paul, um, interesting mix of projects there, um, large-scale uh, potential and um, the benefit of having $40 million spent by others and some big names in the mining industry over the years, but uh, as we know, big mining companies come and go at, in exploration projects, so you've uh, picked up the benefit of that. So let's bring it to, all together for investors and say, what should they be looking out for, say, in the next six months or so? On the next six months, obviously, our focus of most of our spend will be on Woiler. We'll be focusing on firming up the the gold grades, uh, the silver grades, and, the, and and some of the results from the drilling. So our, our plan was always to spend about half of our exploration budget on Woiler. Um, we see our best opportunity for value accretion is um, getting drills into Woiler and then showing uh, with more clarity what 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 the uh, the mineralisation is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the background, we'll be progressing the Queensland assets because they are good, um, solid projects in their own right and uh, um, and focusing on uh, getting Trangalic ready for the next stage of exploration in the porphyry areas and progressing the Armdale and environmental approvals in Wanagiri. So got a lot of projects on. We've got a good team. We've got a team of about 50 uh, up in Indonesia um, who are supporting both the Indonesian projects and the Australian projects. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, but in terms of actual on-the-ground exploration, some exploration in, in the Australian assets and, and primarily exploration in the near term, next six months in Woola. Okay, so good strong news flow from some very exciting projects, the names of which uh, I think will become embedded as the, the years go by, particularly some of those ones in Indonesia, and who knows what those Australian ones will come up with. So with that, Paul, thanks for your time today. Best of luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry.